1: Hey, it's Mark K. from The Mark K. Show. You hear me every day at 11 a.m. on News 104.5 WOKV. First of all, thanks for listening to The Mark K. Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes or Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. A new breed of talk. You can't stop Donald Trump by yelling and screaming. His voice is your voice. Cindy from Jacksonville. Good morning, and thanks for calling the Marquee Show. David joins us from Ponte Vedra. Claudia in St. Augustine. This is the Mark K Show. I'll tell you what. You know you've made it when you have your name on your digital input source on the controller. I walked in here today, and they said, hey, uh, this is going to be you now. And they pointed to a little dial, and it says MK, and it's spelled correctly, which I was shocked about. Because uh, these are the same people that misspelled Fortnite when they installed the video gaming system uh, in the country. Yeah, and I know what you're thinking. You have a video game, you play Fortnite on the air? And the simple answer to that is, uh, yes, we do. That's how we roll. What's up? My name's Mark K. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. It's Wednesday today, but not just any Wednesday. It's whatever you want Wednesday, which thank God for that, because there's really not all that much going on today. Well, except that people uh, are getting charged for vomiting in Ubers when they haven't actually vomited in the Uber. That seems to I mean, you know, we've come a long way from throwing a roach in the bowl of soup or, you know, on the side of the tree. Remember, that was like the old thing. You bring a dead roach from home. If you have dead roaches at your home If not just bring a live one. And when you're when you're at the end of the meal, you just throw it on the plate and then you scream and yell and say, there's a roach in my food. And you get your meal for free. Uh, that, that's that was, you know, the other version of that is just where you'd get up and walk the dine and dash. Now, um, here's what happens. Uber drivers are making a pretty penny by charging people to, you know, to clean up the back of their cars after they throw up in it. And it's people that haven't even thrown up. You think that the Mueller probe, you think that the Mueller probe is one sided? You think that this whole uh, Russia investigation is corrupt and, and that Donald Trump has no say in the matter whatsoever and that they are that it's a witch hunt? I'll tell you what a witch hunt is. This whole Uber vomit scheme going on because I take a lot of Ubers because I drink a lot and I'll be you know and I don't need my reputation any worse off than it is already. Like you say, Mark K to people, they're like, oh yeah. But if I you know get arrested for DUI or something, then they to be like, oh god, Mark K, Not only is he a jerk, but he's a drunken driving dr- jerk. So I take a lot of Ubers. And one thing I don't need happening is somebody charging me $150 to clean up vomit in the back of an Uber that I never even vomited in the first place. There's no collusion. There's no vomit in the back of the Uber. This is a witch hunt. Apparently, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, consumer warrior Clark Howard. This is Clark Howard. Hello. Uh, he's saying, look at this, Uber and Lyft have this policy where the driver can automatically get $150 from any rider if they report that somebody got sick in the vehicle. All they have to do is send a picture of the vomit in their vehicle and that's it. So, some drivers get this. I mean, I knew that being an Uber driver was not the most glamorous job in the world, but some Uber drivers are planting vomit <laughs> in the back seat. <laughs> I mean how how bad off do you need to be for money that you're planting vomit in the back seat of your own car for 150 bucks? Uh they're planting vomit in the back seat of their car. They take a picture, they send it to Uber. Uber automatically without any kind of investigation, without any kind of uh you know, would would you would, like without informing you and saying, "Would you like to dispute these charges?" without coming to you and saying, "Is the, can you is this actually your vomit? Can you describe what you had for dinner?" Any of that. They just charge you. 150 bucks, and you don't know it because, let's face it, you're drunk, number one. That's why you're in an Uber in the first place. And number two, you get your credit card statement. It's a couple weeks later, and you're like, what the hell is this? Uh, Clark Howard says there's no verification on the passenger's end. Sometimes they wake up to the charge the next day. Uh, it's, it, it's a real problem because there have been cases when passengers do get sick in the back of the car and leave a mess. But, of course, there's some Uber drivers ruining it for everyone. Now they're, those, those Uber drivers who legitimately need the money and lose work and have to put in the extra effort to fumigate and clean and disinfect and detail their vehicles before they go back out on the road, they're the real victims because now some lazy, money hungry Uber and Lyft drivers are planting fake vomit in the backseat of the car, charging customers for it. And you know what's going to happen? Now it's going to be a whole mess. Uh, no pun intended. Now it's going to be a bigger, now what's going to happen is the Uber drive, Uber's going to stop. I guarantee this is here's what's going to happen. Uber's going to have to revisit this policy now that Clark Howard has blown the lid. And the Clark Howard whistleblower. <laughs> now that he's blown the lid off of it, they're going to have to reevaluate. They're going to have to change the policy. And if a driver has to clean up vomit, they're not going to get the instant credit. It's going to take weeks. There's going to be an investigation. There's going to have to be, like, I don't know, DNA tests, something or other. And you're going to be able to plead your case or else people are going to stop using the app. I mean, people are going to stop using the app um if the, here's what clark says to do he says take a picture when you get out of the uber but, uh, to prove so that you can dispute it and say no, no no here's the car in question here's what it looked like when i got out if there's vomit in it it was somebody else or it was placed there after the fact here's something else what if somebody vomits in the uber before you get in it and you don't know it, although I don't know how you can. And then you get out, and the driver thinks it was you, takes a picture, and you get charged for somebody else's sickness. That's totally, this is definitely going to be an issue. Don't think that we've seen the last of this issue. And if you do take an Uber, uh, rest assured that you want to make sure, you want to make sure that you're, you know, well, first of all, you're not blackout drunk. <laughs> Although if you are, that is the best time to take the Uber. Oh, speaking of craziness and speaking of things that make you want to vomit, I bought the Omarosa book, Unhinged, an insider's account of the Trump White House. I went there today and I, I went to the Barnes and Noble at the Town Center. I bought a copy and I started reading it, uh, just before the show. And I, you know, I have to tell you, I've been, it, it's really, it, you can really sense the drama as you read. You can really it reads like it reads like a soap opera, you know the, the whole prologue, I read the prologue, the staff works for me, not the president, which is supposedly a quote from Omar, from a Gen- General John Kelly when he was talking to Omarosa in the Situation room. And you know, and, and an open rosa tells the whole story. I just got an email from General Kelly's executive assistant. She said he wants to meet you in the situation room at 5. Really? I said. Ever since General John Kelly had become chief of staff at the end of July, replacing Ryan Priebus, he rarely made 2 minutes for me. And now suddenly he wanted a meeting? It was highly unusual to be called to the situation room in the west wing. The Situation Room where former President Barack Obama plotted the strategy to kill Osama Bin Laden. The Situation Room where President Donald Trump planned the attack on Syria to retaliate for their use of chemical weapons. Where every president since JFK had top-secret conversations with, with world leaders. Why didn't Kelly want to meet in his office? Probably because he was afraid you were in our video to record him, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I guess he assumed even you, Omarosa, would abide by the rules and not record any kind of conversations in the Situation Room. And General Kelly was, of course, one hundred percent wrong. Uh, but she went on. She went on to talk about the meeting and she talked about some of the quotes that we've already heard. You know, General Kelly. General Kelly sat me down and said, "We're going to talk to you about leaving the White House." It's come to my attention there have been significant integrity issues related to you. I asked whether the president was aware of this. This is non-negotiable. I'd like the opportunity to understand there are serious integrity violations. Why was he being so vague? What violations? What is he talking about? Where is this coming from? Quickly, I connected the dots. This had to be about the N-word tape. Uh, it doesn't come with the musical soundtrack, but I had to add that in. Although, maybe the audiobook. I guarantee there's an audiobook, because Omarosa loves the sound of her voice uh, more than anything. That's why she keeps recording herself. But I guarantee that there's a, an audiobook. I just I didn't have time to get into it, so I had to i had to do kind of a dramatic a reinterpretation there. But as she goes on and on, the whole prologue is about the N-word tape. The whole first chapter is about the N-word tape. Loyalty over logic. It keeps coming up over and over again. And, of course, no one can verify, show the existence of, or even, you know, play any such tape. Several people have said that it doesn't exist, and here it is in black and white. I probably shouldn't say that's probably probably not the best. And here it is in print in Omarosa's book, Unhinged, which I'll be honest with you, (laughs) it's really really a great name for an Omarosa uh, autobiography, not necessarily... A buyer. Anyway, three four zero one zero four five. This is whatever you want Wednesday, whatever you want to talk about. Omarosa's book, uh, fake vomit in the back of an Uber, it, whatever. Uh, 340-1045. This is the Mark K. Show. Your, show, your call is coming up next.
0: Mark K., you traitor. I can't believe you bought that book.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, and I knew somebody I, it took a lot quicker than I thought it would. I knew somebody was going to send me an open mic messenger call and, and, and tell me that. Uh, Unhinged by Omarosa is the book that they're talking about. I bought it today before the show so I could read through it and get some tidbits and um, you know see what's really going on. And uh, don't worry, I kept the receipt and I do plan to return it. I'm not I'm not giving my hard earned money to someone like Omarosa. So I'm going to read it and read, much like people do with dresses sometimes they keep the tags on so I have the receipt. I'm not I'm not even going to expense it. I'm not going to give her the satisfaction of getting my. Holy cow, $28. What? What? This is a travesty. Uh, 3401045. A quick thing about the book though, and I will do a video on this. If you don't follow me on Facebook, I do videos from time to time with added commentary that you don't hear here on the radio. Just go to Facebook, type in Mark K. Show. M-A-R-K-K-A-Y-E show, S-H-O-W. And uh, you'll see the logo there. You'll see the page. You'll see some of my videos. And please feel free to follow because it's a, it's a fantastic page if I do say so myself. But the funniest thing is because Omarosa is such an egomaniacal egomani- person, the, the, the title of the book is – I want to say, and I haven't measured the fonts, but the title of the book is very large at the top. It says unhinged, and the, it's the second largest word on the book. On, on the bottom, where she writes Omarosa Manigault Newman, the word Omarosa is in just as big, if not slightly bigger font. And I, and again, I haven't taken my, my, my pixel calculator, or whatever. I, I'm just looking at it. I'm eyeballing it. But it, it, the Omarosa is the biggest word on the page and is right under the photo. So as I was walking toward it, the two words I saw were unhinged Omarosa. And I thought to myself, well, ain't that the damn truth? <laughs> three four oh one oh four five uh we got some people this is whatever you want wednesday so whatever you want to talk about you can call in and talk about jerry is in jacksonville jerry thank you for calling the marquis show what's on your mind
0: hey mark i kind of got a theory as to why the general took her into situation why is that um i, I find it kind of hard to believe that it's the the white house office doesn't have some kind of counter surveillance equipment you know to detect recordings or you know transmission equipment such as that perhaps a situation room is a place where it's got uh you know walls to uh, walls or other equipment to prevent that from happening yeah she might have she might have been caught recording outside the situation room. That's the integrity issue and he took her into situation room to per se prevent it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, you know what? And that, that would make sense. You would think they would have some kind of capability to block any transmissions or block any recordings. But it didn't work because she just turned on her phone and she recorded it on her phone. No one seemed to think, hey, Omarosa, before you come in here, we're going to need you to leave your phone here. We're going to need you to leave all of your electronic devices, your pen, because she used a pen to record it. That's how, that's what she was doing. She was like uh, – it was all she was all James Bond uh, every time she had a conversation. Nobody thought – You know, They thought enough to say, let's go to the Situation Room, but they didn't think enough to say, hey, by the way, we need to make sure you're not recording us. You know how they do it? You know how the mob does it? They throw you in a pool. If they think, like in the Sopranos, that's what they used to do. I remember they threw Big P. I won't say his word because it could go either way. They threw Big P in the lake before they talked to him because if you're wired by the feds, the only thing that will fry that transmission is water. So you throw Big P in the lake, and then you start talking to him, and then, of course, spoiler alert, they put two in the back of his head. That's how the mob does it. Uh, you know, I would the White House. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't think to throw her in the pool or the fountain. There in the rose garden, so that any and all electronic equipment would have been fried. There would have been no way, uh, there would have been na- no way for her to record anything. Uh, probably that's some kind of civil uh, rights or personal rights violation. So maybe that's why. Yeah, that's probably why. Uh, 340-1045 is the number. Got to take a quick break. More whatever you want Wednesday coming up after this. It's the Mark show. Show. 340-1045 It's whatever you want Wednesday. And so far we got a lot of people with comments about Omarosa, her new book, how she was fired and what's going on with her in the White House. The current discussion is really below
0: WKOV programming.
1: Nah, you said a mouthful, brother. Three four zero one zero four five is the number. I'm, read- I'm continuing to read this Omarosa book, and I skipped pretty much most of it. I read the prologue. I skipped The Apprentice Years. I skipped the campaign, and I got to the part called... Uh, what do they call this? Oh, the unraveling and to Omarosa, the the biggest problem or one of the one of the really defining moments that led her to decide to leave the White House, because apparently before she was fired, she had already made the conscious decision based on her moral values that she could no longer work for Donald Trump. She could no longer work for this man who insulted women and people of color. Uh, she said that she could know she knew that even though she'd never heard the N word tape, it existed and she could not bring herself almarosa manigault newman to work in this white house any longer however she was fired before she could actually quit um but she talks about charlottesville because to her that was the pinnacle moment and she said when we discussed charlottesville trump was defensive and said almarosa you know what was in the report referring to all the information about the antifa groups who were involved in the counter-protest There were some strident groups, but there was no moral equivalency between fascists and anti-fascists. I'd like to point out, side note, that fascists and anti-fascists are both spelled correctly. So I'm wondering if Omarosa actually even wrote this book. Uh, On the last day of that long, horrible month, Secretary of the Treasury Steve Mnuchin refused to commit to the Obama-era initiative to put abolitionist Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. It's not something I'm focused on at the moment, he told CNBC. I know Trump wanted to dismantle Obama's legacy, but this too? I quickly wrote a decision memo about the matter and gave it to Trump. While flipping through the folder, he came to the picture of Tubman, the woman who personally brought more than 300 slaves to freedom, risking her own life every time and said to me, You want me to put that face on the $20 bill? Just hold on, Omarosa. Just hold on, I told myself. Just get through September, and then I'll be free. It's a dramatic reading from Unhinged, an insider's account of the Trump White House by Omarosa man, a Jacksonville resident, I'd like to point out, Omarosa Manigold Newman. Three four oh one oh four five. Let's go to Larry, who's been waiting very patiently. Larry's in Fernandina Beach. Hi Larry, thanks for calling the Marquee Show. What'd you want to say?
0: Hey, uh, I just I just have to tell you, I find it very hard to believe that there is such a tape or any other tape that would show Donald Trump is racist, because after going through a presidential campaign against the Clintons, nobody is better at the digging up dirt than they are. And if they couldn't find it. It just
1: can't be out there. (laughs) I'll tell you what. You know that if such a tape... It's like the Russia collusion thing. If there was Russia collusion, there would be evidence everywhere. The New York Times would have... They would change their name to the Russian Collusion Times, and they would just print that every single day. It would be on every single report on CNN and MSNBC and everywhere else. If there were an N-word tape, rest assured that every single Democrat, Nancy Pelosi, uh, you would look at you know, Chuck Schumer, even people in the media, people like Wolf blitzer and oh my gosh don lemon they would have it as their ringtone if that tape existed you'd be having lunch with don lemon his phone would ring and it would be donald trump muttering the n-word on a hot mic so the fact that we haven't heard it in what two years the fact that it hasn't come up when this show was produced by nbc nbc the network that hates donald trump probably the most you think if they had that in their possession they wouldn't let it go 3401045. By the way, Mark Burnett has tweeted, I know he tweeted during the campaign. I think he did it again, or maybe Donald Trump just went back and retweeted it. But he's like, look, I'm the, I'm the executive producer of the show. It didn't, it doesn't exist. It's nowhere to be found. And despite the pages and pages that Omarosa, uh, you know, discusses it in length and talks about how it's really the reason that she was, she's got a really interesting theory. She thinks the reason she was fired was because she was very close to getting her hands on this tape. You know, she went to Hope Hicks when Hope Hicks was still at the White House, and she said, "This is this is rearing its ugly head again, and we need to get our hands on this tape. We need to get, get keep a lid on it." And Hope Hicks told her, "Go get it. Do whatever you can. Dig around. See what you can find out." And Omarosa claims that she was so close to getting this N-word tape that that's why she got fired. And I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not really sure why. I think if you're that close to getting it, isn't that something that they would want to have? Why would they? Why would they let you go? Three four zero one zero four five is the number. Let's go to Doc in Jacksonville. Doc, thanks so much for calling the Marques Show. What would you want to say?
0: Omarosa is such a snake, and the Democrats actually hated her. But what Trump did, he made her their poster child. Now they are welcoming her because all the interview interviews before they were slamming her. But now we, as uh, conservatives, got to look at the big picture. This is right before the House and Senate vote. We can't, the the walk away movement, I've been a part of it and way before it happened. I've been educating black folks on LBJ. I've been saying name one promise that campaign promise Obama made and kept. They can't answer my question. I've been waking black folks up, but we have to understand culture. We can't slow down the walk away movement right now, right before the uh, House and Senate vote, because if we lose, we lose our great president so we have to wake up and stop stoking this fire saying it's great getting he called her a dog because he's going to lose a whole culture to back up until the democratic party we cannot we have to look at the big picture yeah we cannot slow down the walk away movement
1: I'm going to be honest with you. And I know that people said, somebody said that calling her a dog was a racial slur. I know somebody else said he's called like 82 people dogs in tweets and they're all races. They're all colors. They're all sexes. There. He doesn't, he doesn't, in fact, I think it was, uh, Killmead was saying Donald Trump doesn't discriminate. You know, Sarah, Sarah Uh, Huckabee Sanders said it in the press. She's like, look, he hates everybody who comes after him. It doesn't matter what sex you are.
0: I love that president. That's the reason we voted for Trump, because he speaks his mind. Yeah. But one thing, for the black community, that's kind of like spitting down or the word boy or coon, or the N-word. That's kind of like spitting down. So this this right here is different in cultures. Most people don't get it because they're not black. I'm white, black, and Indian. I'm Sub-Saharan, uh, European, and I'm, I'm a mixed mutt. So I understand all three cultures. But you cannot say it's the same. Because a black person calls somebody dog versus a white man calling a black person dog. It's like spitting down at them. Mm. And, and they don't get it. And I get that they don't get it. But we cannot slow down the walk away movement.
1: Mark. All right. Do you think, though, do you think, though, that this is going to have a negative? I mean, with everything else that's been said about Donald Trump, uh, the things he said about women, the things he said about this, the Stormy Daniel stuff, the Russian collusion stuff, uh, the Elmarosa stuff, right. the Charlottesville stuff. Is this all
0: he's still at a 50 percent approval rating? Well, he is right now, but what I'm trying to get people to understand is, I'm I'm a pioneer. I'm Trump's number one fan, but this one, this one right here, it's not that they're gonna find an inward word tape. That's not it. If they slow down. The walk away movement, that is so important right now. Because they're not going to find a tape like the previous caller said. If they had it, they would have been produced it. Right.
1: All right. But- That's a good... Hey, thanks so much for calling, Doc. We really appreciate it. Uh 3401045. 3401045. The walkaway movement, by the way, is a campaign for Democrats who traditionally are Democratic because of their race or because of their sex or because they're blue-collar or because they're, you know, from from, you know, uh, what, what do you call it? districts that are basically uh, unionized. It's it's your traditional hardcore uh, Democrats who are Democrats just because they were born, uh, you know, a certain way. African-American, immigrant, the you know, races and cultures that the Democratic Party goes after. The walkaway campaign is urging these people to walk away from the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party takes them for granted, just assumes they're going to be there, and doesn't really ever do anything to help them because they know and they're gonna vote Democratic. They have for years. Three four zero one zero four five. He's saying, let's not slow that down. Let's speed it up. Interesting point. Uh, it's whatever you want. Wednesday. We got to take another quick break. Three four zero one zero four five. We'll be right back.
0: Didn't this Amarosa person? just get fired in the last week or two? How does she have a tell-all book out already? That seems odd. Who is
1: she working for to begin with? Well, there, she's always working for Omarosa. That's the answer to that question. But no, she got it. It's been almost a year. Uh, well, December, well, it'll be a year. She was fired just before Christmas, December 12th, as you can tell, because that's the first thing she writes about in her book Unhinged. Uh, I'll get to, I'll read you one last passage here in just a minute. A couple more phone calls. I do want to get in. Uh, Chuck is on at the beaches. Chuck is waiting very patiently. Thanks, Chuck. What'd you want to say on whatever you want wednesday
0: yeah i just wanted to say i wanted to say that uh if um i was the president of the united states i'd sign an executive order that if you were working for me and you were in the white house and under my leadership uh it would be against the law for you to record anything in those conversations or for the people that where she was being uh, terminated and um It blows my mind to think that you could do that, that you could actually be in a meeting with the president of the United States as an employee and record him. And second, I hope you make a whole lot of money off of a book because I can't possibly imagine hiring someone that i had to worry about them recording me all the
1: time oh yeah no i mean she could probably get a radio job because that's all we do is record ourselves here all day long i've been recording everyone that's called in for the last hour <laughs> you guys didn't even know it uh 3401045 that's a great point though i mean it, it she recorded donald trump on the phone that was i think he called her the next day uh, so what's going on i just saw on the uh, news that
0: you're thinking about leaving what happened general oh, kelly and, uh, General Kelly came to me and said that you guys wanted me to leave. Yeah,
1: and that's apparently. It sounds like she's got him on speakerphone and she's recording him, um, which I'm, I guarantee she did that as soon as as soon as she saw who was calling. But you know, uh, I, that doesn't seem to be the biggest issue. The biggest issue that they're going to go after her for is money. She signed a non-disclosure agreement. They've already started arbitration against her. And any money she makes from this book, which you don't make a lot of money from books these days. You know, people think that books. You know, it's not like it's not like winning the lottery or creating an app. They all like, uh, you want to make some real money, create an app and sell it to Facebook. Um, because they're going to own anything soon enough anyway. But book, people don't make a lot of money from books. Maybe, maybe a million. And it's an advance. So you have to pay all that back. Uh, so maybe a million dollars or, or less, uh, depending on book sales. And, you know, she could absolutely have to hand all that over to the Trump campaign or, I mean, at, at the very least, it's going to go all to her lawyers. And I know for a fact she's already got lawyers because, well, she are. Just trust me. She's <laughs> she's already got lawyers. Uh, Dwight is in Jacksonville. Dwight, thanks so much for calling the Marquee Show. How are you? What do you want to say?
0: Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Dwight. Long-time listener, first-time troll. Oh. <laughs> Love your show, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. What's going on? Uh, so you you have this book. Uh, I actually haven't seen the book. I didn't buy it, but I, w- I was really curious. In in like finer print on the front, back, inside, or whatever, is there anything that says something like a little a nice little blurb like uh, from the woman who swears totally insists that using the analogy of the pot calling the kettle black is totally racist. Yeah, one of these claims are also seriously racist. No, for real. Yeah, there's <laughs>
1: that's a great point. There's no disclaimers whatsoever on the book, and it is uh, labeled political science, and it was in the nonfiction section so we have to assume that she believes that every word of this is true let me hey thanks so much for calling by the way i appreciate it. it's always good to talk to you dwight and uh and i mean from from the beginning to the end every word in this book she is putting forth as as nonfiction. as this happened this is an eyewitness account of what happened not only in the campaign but in the trump white house and of course on her time uh, uh during the apprentice and and she's she's putting put it out there as a historical book. So if any of it is wrong or untrue or made up with an effort just to harm the president and his uh, and his administration, then I mean, clearly they have some kind of legal case. You know, we don't have a lot of time. Let me just leave you. This is the last page of the epilogue uh, where she and she really ends it up basically the way you would think she writes uh we are reminded daily also oh, making my own voice we are reminded daily that trump is still in the throes of the Mueller investigation the special investigators are conducting interviews with subjects who have stories to tell in early 2018 i too received a call from the fbi we'll see how that goes But for me, 15 years later, through The Apprentice, the campaign, and the White House, I can finally exhale. I've escaped from the cult of Trump world. I'm free. And that's it. And that's uh, Unhinged, an insider's account of the Trump White House by Omarosa manigault newman uh, my name's Mark A. listen i gotta finish reading this book and get it back to the store and get my money back because i don't i don't want you to think that i'm i'm uh, i'm i'm am donating to the campaign of uh, omarosa's own uh, you know uh, egoma- egomania egomania uh, listen we'll be back tomorrow we didn't have a chance to give away our our tickets today but we will give them away this week i promise stay tuned the news and rush Limbaugh is next on news 1045 5 wokb